On today's podcast, we have Molly Goodall. She is a fashion designer for a whimsical, fun children's clothing line called Little Goodall. Join me today as we celebrate Molly. Hey, Molly. Hey, Faith. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm okay. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. It sounds good. Okay. I'm I'm in the closet under my dresses. So. Oh my gosh, you are so sweet. You do not have to do that. Girl, I would invite you to come over and just sit in my bed and do the podcast. Um, okay, you're in McKinney, right? Yes. Yeah, not far from you. Girl, one of my very best friends lives in McKinney, and anytime I can go see her, I go. Do you come off? Do you come across on 380? Yeah, I yeah, do. It's, it's made it a lot faster since then. Yeah. Yeah, 380. I mean, it's still beast going down there because you know what 380 is like. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Because, I mean, a ton of my sorority sisters live in Frisco, McKinney, Allen, all that stuff. So, yeah. That's so cool. Okay, so you live in McKinney, and then do you have a warehouse in McKinney? Yeah, so so the studio is in McKinney. So um, when we built this house, we, uh, we planned it so that my studio would be um, in the house. So... It's kind of a, um, it's kind of built into the side of a hill. Um, so the third, the bottom floor is my studio and our shipping room and our stock rooms. And then the main floor and the top floor are the ones that are like accessed from the street level out front. And that's where we live. I want to come visit. Is that, I know that's like rude to say that in the Southern world, but I'm going to come visit you and I want to do a video and everything. I think it would be so neat. You, you have to wait until we get ourselves back together because we're, we're getting ready to put um, my mother-in-law's house in the market. And so we have, it's like, we're going to be having a huge estate sale. And so there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> There's- well, you have to invite me to this date sale because I've got a couple of girlfriends and we love to do that together. Oh, I will so. let you know. I will let you yeah, know. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> I have been, I had no idea that you were in Texas. I had none at all. And I, the very first time I saw a product of yours, my daughter is 11. And I don't know when you first came out with that blue coat with the Staffordshire dogs that Willa Hart. Uh-huh. True. But I remember seeing that and sharing that on my Facebook wall with other mommies because I was involved in this big closet world. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this. And then I found out it was Willa Hart. And then I went down the Willa Hart, you know, wagon, you know, uh-huh. how that goes. And so I've been in love with all your products for such a long time, not knowing that you're like a neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all those coats have always been made like in Garland and in Dallas. So it's, it's like all very close to you. Oh my gosh. We need to like, when everything gets settled in your world, let's do like a Mr. Rogers, like factory tour and stuff. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun. Yes. I'd like that. (laughs) My major in college was radio, television and film. And my parents would be so excited to know I did something with my major. Oh my gosh. You're so good at this too. I love Every one of your podcasts I've listened to, it's been so fun hearing, you know, you talk to everybody and, and it, you make it very easy. So. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. When I first saw your picture, cause I didn't know what you looked like. And when I first saw your picture, you totally remind me of my sister-in-law, Grace, who I adore. So I already feel so because you're a neighbor and you look like you remind me of somebody that I know I'm instantly like, I have to meet this person. I'm going to become friends with her. Like. She's going to get so sick of me. (laughs) I will not. I promise. (laughs) Okay. So let's rewind to the very beginning. Okay. And 
I want to know more about you. Like, who who are you? Where'd you grow up? Are you from Texas? Like, you got brothers and sisters, like the whole nine yards. So I'm not from Texas. Um, I grew up in Durham, North Carolina. Um, and I am, I'm an only child. Um, my dad was from Pennsylvania and my mom met him at North Carolina Wesleyan and she married a Yankee and her, her, her family learned to deal with it. Um, but <laughs> he, he, um, so they, they settled in, in, uh, I was born in Pennsylvania, but then they, they headed back down to North Carolina, um, which is where I pretty much grew up in North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, and when my mom was, um, or I guess when I was really young, my mom was taking art classes at the local college and she would take me to the art classes and I'd sit under the table while she was working, um, while the class was going on, her, her professors were very tolerant. And, and so, um, so that's kind of how I ended up, art, art and, uh, and sewing have always been my interests. But um, yeah, I grew up in Durham, um, went to some great public schools there. Uh, I graduated in 93 and then went to college in New York. I went to Parsons School of Design. Um, oh, I was, wow. Look I was, at you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I was there from uh, 93 to 97, which was uh, pre-Project Runway. So um it was, it was kind of like when I went there, I mean, I knew what it was because I was really interested in fashion design. I was focused on it, but nobody else knew what Parsons was. Right. <laughs> but now people know what Parsons is. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I went to school there and then, um, then stayed in New York after college, um, worked in design for a while before I ended up uh, in Texas here with my husband. How'd Sorry, you meet your husband? So this is a, this is kind of a funny story. Um, when, uh, so I was working for a, a toy company. Um, we designed, um, like high-end fashion dolls. Like we would do the trunk sets for FEO Schwartz, like for Titanic or for like DC comics. And wow. so it was, it was a little bit different for me because when I was in college, I already knew that I wanted to focus on children's wear. It was already my passion. Um, but there wasn't a lot of direction for me from Parsons because it was more about women's wear and men's wear. So I took this job from another Parsons graduate um, who started a, a toy company. And it was in upstate New York, a little bit further north um, from the city. I was working there. Um, I had a friend who was also a colleague who worked there. And the colleague had previously worked for the U.S. Navy. And he was stationed in, uh, in London in Uxbridge. He had a friend who was his landlord at the time. So when he had gone, um, when the Navy had moved him over there, he needed to rent a house to stay in. And there was right. a man that he met who had, uh, had a cottage that he rented to people who were coming in for the U.S. Navy. And they became friends and they stayed in touch. So 13 years uh, after that, I'm working in New York. My colleague has left the U.S. Navy, is now also working in upstate New York, um, and calls the office in the morning and tells them that he's stuck in a meeting in New Jersey. And can somebody please go pick up his friend, this former landlord, who is coming to visit him for a couple weeks upstate? And <laughs> I like one of the other people was already ready to uh, go pick him up. Like she had a little sign made with his name on it and everything. But what nobody else knew was that I was actually going to quit my job that afternoon. 
um, I decided I wanted to, to go in a different direction and I'd been there for five years. And so I was looking for anything to distract me. And so I was like, I'll go, I'll go. So I drove to Stuart Newburgh airport. I had a little sign that had the name Wayne on it. And I was waiting there with the sign when he got off the airplane. And 20 years later, that was my husband. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so, so Goodall is your last name. Yes, it is. Yes. And it, it was his last name. It, it still is his last name. <laughs> well, I didn't, I mean, I had no idea. I just thought, oh my gosh, this is the cutest line, little Goodall. And I just didn't know where the name came from. So how did you go from marrying your husband to starting your clothing line? Like what was the process? When I had, when I met him, um, you know, I was just getting ready to leave that job in New York. And uh, meanwhile, my parents had relocated from North Carolina to uh, Flower Mound um, because my father worked for Verizon at the time. Got so it. At this point, I didn't know that I was going to marry this guy I just picked up from the airport. Um, right. I did know I was going to leave my job and I needed to kind of regroup and figure out what I wanted to do with my life at this point. I was 27. So, uh, so I was, I was planning on, I sold my house in upstate and I moved in with my parents in Flower Mound so I could try to figure things out. Meanwhile, I kept kind of dating this guy back and forth, flying back and forth. He was flying back and forth. He really liked Texas. Um, I was cool with London too, but um, we ultimately decided when we got engaged, he, we decided to live here in Texas. So, um, so we got married. Um, at that point, I was doing a lot of painting, like oil paintings and watercolor paintings. It was kind of my thing at the time uh, and teaching art classes in Flower Mound. And um, so we were in Flower Mound or we lived in Highland Village, actually, for the first year of our. Yes. Is yeah. this down the road from me? I yes. Mean, it... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was it's so close to Denton. Yeah. And then uh, then. We knew we got to know Texas a little bit more, um, really liked McKinney. His background was in construction and uh, specifically in working on historic houses, um, historic preservation and renovation. And so we found McKinney and McKinney was like a, a, a treasure trove because it was this cute little <laughs> town and it had all these old houses. So we ended up mo moving over here. Um, and then we had our son in 2008. And I'd been spending all my creative time before that doing like these really long, tedious paintings, which I really enjoyed. But having an infant does not really, you can't like paint for eight hours a day when you have a little guy. Um, and so I needed to figure out a new creative outlet. And I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I was just kind of thinking about different things. Because when you have a little one, you're always trying to solve those sort of mom problems that you have with what... Um, what's going to work best for them or, or what's what how do, how do you get them to do what you need them to do yeah so like put on a coat yes exactly so <laughs> so I started making um, I started making his clothing just sort of basic things like little little tops and pants around the same time um, I met someone who had a shop on this new platform called Etsy that everybody had had you know been talking about I didn't know anything about it but she was like yeah you can just put anything on there and, and you can sell it and other people can find it so um, I ended up having a, an issue with my son and that he really needed to wear uh, wear hoods or hats in the cold because he had a lot of frequent ear infections 
And so I uh, designed a coat for him that I thought would make it more palatable to wear a hood. So it had like a lion hood on it. And my idea was he loved to play outside. If the coat is a lion, he will think it's like a costume. He'll want to wear the hood. It will make it more like exciting for him. And so I made him this coat and it worked. He loved it. (laughs) He loved wearing it. It was like a fun thing. It was like, we're going to put this thing on inside, outside, wherever he's going to wear it because he liked, it made him feel, um, it made him feel like a lion. Mm, So cute. Yeah. So uh, when he'd wear it outside, people would comment on it. Um, Friends were asking about it. And so I thought, I'm just going to put one of these things up on Etsy because I liked doing the sewing. It was fun. And I thought, I'm just going to see if if one of these sells. So I listed it on Etsy. I listed a couple things in the Etsy shop before I'd come up with the name Little Goodall, just kind of like because I needed something to name the shop. And I listed the coat at what I thought was a crazy price for it because this was 2010 at this point. And I listed it, I think, for $125. Um, and it sold overnight. And so that was just kind of the beginning. Um, at that point, I would, I'd make something for him. I'd take photos of it on him. I'd post it in Etsy or put it in the shop. And then people would place orders. And then I would make them um, based on the, uh, the orders, the sizes they needed, that sort of thing. Every time somebody needed a different size, I'd hand grade the pattern to a different size. It was, it took a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Um, but that's how, that's how it got started. How did you get connected with your manufacturer in Texas? How did you discover that there was one? Well, it's kind of a, I, I think it's like a kind of Texas word of mouth thing. Um, <laughs> Someone I had been talking to, there were people who were helping me set up a separate website. And um, I'd been talking to them about the fact that I needed to make a lot more of these. um, And I needed to make them like faster than I was able to make them. It was just, it would take me like 12 hours to make a coat. Right. Which is not really like $10 an hour (laughs) for $125. Right. Yes. And I had, um, I had, uh, I'd been contacted by Guilt Group, um, which I think is still around. They were like the first big flash sale website. And they wanted to feature the coats on their platform for Halloween one year. I think it was 2000, maybe 2012. Um, Anyway, so I needed to find some way to make these fast. And I talked to these people who were building my website. I was talking to other people and somehow word of mouth, they're like, you need to talk to the other Molly. I was like, the other, what are you talking about? So through that, I was introduced to another person who lives in downtown McKinney, Molly Jones. She's fantastic help, who had been in the garment industry in Texas for a long time. And we sat down, we met at a Panera and sat down and started talking about what I needed. And she said, okay, you're, you're further along than you don't need me. Like you've already done the stuff that I normally do for people for product development, but I can, I I can hook you up with some people that, that will be able to help you make these. And so she introduced me to my first manufacturer, the first sewing room introduced me to the first cutting room that I worked with. And it's, it's a very small world here. A lot of people don't realize it, but Dallas was a big manufacturing hub for a long time, especially in the the fifties and sixties. And a lot of really high quality clothing was made here. Um, There are a lot of the sewing rooms still exist just on a much smaller scale. And so 
it's really like a work. It's not like you're going to find them on the internet. It's like you talk to somebody and they get to know working mm-hmm. with you. And then they say, okay, you should talk to this person over here. And yeah. so then you go talk to them. And once they trust you, then they'll send you to somebody else. And so that's, that's how I started. It was really just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. I had originally like taken a trip to New York to go try to find some manufacturers up there. Um, but then it was so easy once I met the people here and it was great to be able to go down and like be there in five minutes, not five minutes. It's, it's like 40 minutes, but to be able to be there quickly <laughs> and see what was going on or what they needed help with. Um, it was a lot easier than having to work with like someone in New York where we're shipping stuff back and forth all the time. Okay. So how long has your company been active since 2009? 2010. 2010. And my my daughter was born in 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense because once I got wind, I mean, she probably was, I mean, she had been a toddler, but you know, oh my goodness. That's so cute. Okay. So how did you find Willa Hart to do the Staffordshire dogs? I started, I'm trying to think of who for, oh, oh, um, Gunner and Lux. They're like a, it's like a father and dad, um, uh, sorry, father, daughter company. They designed these cute necklaces and they had hooked up with Allie somehow and were doing a necklace that featured like one of her illustrations. And so I started following her on Instagram and I really loved her artwork. It was just really, um, it was playful and different and really like tapped into something like where I would be like, yes, I like that. Like I really, yes. the way she used color and pattern um, and, and the, the way her subject matter, like the dogs were just really fun. And I connected with them in a way I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, so cute. That blue yeah. coat. I'm still obsessed with the blue coat. <laughs> so, and, and now you have sizes for adults. We do. We did. Um, the minute that we put those coats out there, the minute that we shared those first pictures, people were like, can you make this in my size? So we do. We make two of them in the adult sizes. Um, we make the blue dog coat and the pink dog coat, but both of those in adult lady sizes. And they're beautiful. They're gorgeous on people. If you see, I try to share pictures of ladies wearing them whenever I get them. But um, that was a real I, I was that was the first time I'd ever approached someone about collaboration and I could see in my head very clearly what I wanted to do with her artwork, like where I wanted, like I wanted to do specifically the coats and I wanted to have the dogs as large scale embroideries on them and with like also a print lining. And so I just like cold emailed her and I was like, you don't know who I am. I, I make children's clothing. I think your illustrations would be gorgeous on coats. Um, would you ever consider doing this? And she was like, let's do it. So it's just kind of gone from there. I love Allie. She's super fun and cheeky and she's extremely creative like you. So do you, have you always had a love or a tendency drawn towards animal and playfulness or is it just because of your son? Cause you did mention that you said that you always had an interest in children's clothes. So how did yeah. that you, you think? So I, I have a lot of like core memories of uh, being a child and being influenced by clothing, like things that really just 
made me feel special or that I was just absolutely fascinated with. Um, and sometimes it was like, like a dress up outfit that I had or something that I saw in a store or like something that my mom had or my grandmother had. And I really have these memories of feeling a specific way and loving the way I felt. And I feel like as you get older, especially if you're a woman, your clothing, you kind of, sometimes it loses that, that ability to transform. You have kind of conflicting feelings about it. Like your pants can make you feel bad. <laughs> and uh, yes, especially if there's a waistband on them. Yes. Right. And as a child, there wasn't that it was just magic. It was just like, this could be like a lace tablecloth, or this could be like my fairy cape. Yeah. And, and when I was at Parsons, I, I was really playing a lot with those feelings also about designing clothing for women and, and how you had to be very, you know, this kind of thing was going to look good on the runway, but it wasn't going to make women feel good in the workplace. So you needed to do something different to it. Kids clothing was just a lot more freeing. It could be like crazy prints that didn't match. It could be, it could have crazy things happening with it. You could have a, a coat that looked like a dinosaur and nobody, you know, it was like, that's fine. They're kids. They're supposed to dress that way. At the same time, children's clothing had become miniature versions of adult clothing. And it's super cute to see like a little tiny Oxford shirt that's made for a baby or a little tiny pair of like jeans that are made for a baby. But kids are going to have to wear those for the rest of their life. You only have like this brief window of time that you can wear these fanciful things or that you can go out in your pajamas and nobody will look at you sideways or you can just, there's a lot more creativity. And so children's wear interested me from the beginning with that because I wanted to focus on the way the transformative quality that clothing had and also the fact that children don't have those categories like clothing doesn't make them feel bad yet they're they're more free in their thinking and they are more playful with the way they dress anyway so that was why children's wear was always interesting to me do you use do you create your own floral patterns or those liberty of london so when when we first start originally i was really kind of uh corralled by what color cards I could get and what companies would sell me small quantities of yardage because you don't need all that much fabric to make kids clothes. Right. Um, so when we, I started doing summer things, we started using Liberty of London. Um, so cute. And your husband's British, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it kind of, it felt like it made sense. And then okay. as we, Allie's fabrics were the first, the Willa Hart fabrics, or was it, I think actually it was probably Matthew Langill. His, he did the lining. He designed the linings for the rainbow dreamer coats and the queen of hearts coat. That oh. was the first time that I'd had like a print. I'd said, this is what I'm making. Can you design a print? And he's an artist like Ali. He's incredible. He designs for Swatch and Adidas and all these great companies. And so he designed those fabrics. Allie's were the second ones. And with hers, I had a picture in my head of what I wanted them to look like, like the lattice design. And so I kind of put mocked it up and sent it to her. And she said, yeah, I like it. And then I had a graphic designer who put it into a repeat for me. So at this point, um, any of the properties that we work with, like the licensed properties, like World of Eric Carl or Paddington Bear, those I have the whole um, like archive of all that artwork that's available. We make our prints from that. 
but we still do some pieces with Liberty because they're just classic and timeless. They're so cute. I love Liberty of London. I, I would take scraps just to have coasters. I mean, they're so cute. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Anytime if I'm at a thrift store and if I see any type of clothing that, and I always look at the label, I'm like, is it Liberty of London? Because if it looks like it or if it is, I just take it. Cause I'm like, I'm going to use, it's such good fabric. Yeah. It's, you can, you can use it for something. You just need to repurpose it. And they, they continue making so many of their, like their heritage patterns for so long that, you know, you can find the, the same thing 20 years later. Okay. So you said your husband's a builder. So mm-hmm. does he, does he doing that here? Cause we did talk about that for a minute that I need to get connected with him and yeah. have a podcast too. Yeah. So he is, um, his company's called the British builder. Um, he's been here in McKinney. Uh, we've been here like almost 18, 19 years now. Um, it started with just him um, doing work on the different uh, historic houses uh, and then now he does both new new builds and as well as like re- renovations and that sort of thing. So, yeah, he's all about the houses and I'm all about the clothing. <laughs> and how many kids do you have? You have a daughter or son? No, no, we just have one. We just have Carter and he's 14 now. Uh, is he does, does he have any interest in what you do? No, not any. Well, I mean, you know, it's just kind of like his life. He used to, so before the pandemic, we did a lot of trade shows. We do all the playtime trade shows and it's like a children's wear, um, like a, they, like a lot of the European lines use playtime. Um, so they have shows all over. There's one in Japan, one in Paris, one in uh, New York twice a year. So he used to travel with me to all these shows <laughs> and it was really boring for him because I'd be in my booth all day talking with different um, wholesale customers and showing the line. And he'd be like hanging out in a little playtime lounge because it's a children's wear trade show. They're all, they're very like kid friendly. And so there are other kids, but that was just kind of his, he'd model for us. Um, and then he'd like have to hang out at trade shows during the summer or, or whenever I had to go to those. Um, so now he's, you know, it's just kind of like his life. That's like the bottom floor of the house is mom goes downstairs and goes to work every morning. It was funny during the pandemic because they gave them all computers at his middle school. And so all the kids started like Googling each other on the computers. And, Uh and so like, there are all these photos. I don't think there are many on there now, but there were tons of photos of him when he was a baby on the website still. <laughs> and so he was like, Oh my God, mom, they're all looking at these pictures of me when I was like four. And I'm like, you were so cute. That's a great photo. Like he's, he was cool with it though. What was your next big design that you think after the Willa Hart, after Allie's little Staffordshire dogs? Cause that blue coat stands out as like a, a big piece in my mind when I think of Willa yeah. And then the was it the Matryoshka dolls? How do you say that? The little Matryoshka. I think it's Matryoshka. Yeah, Matryoshkas were earlier. They were one of our early, one of the early coats that really, really caught on. It's so cute that red coat. Yeah, I love it. It's just it's a classic. We've had um, we've been working on an adult version of that too. We had somebody request one, um, and so it's it's one of these things where it's last year and it's just been like it's so hard to get things moving (laughs) to get because there's still so many like supply chain gaps and all these different problems. So it's like, 
it's coming, it's coming. We're going to have the adult coat. We, we want to have um, the Paddington Station dress coat. It's a little girl's navy coat with red piping and big brass buttons. We're doing a ladies version of that as well. Um, it will happen hopefully this year. I need a new coat. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I was looking and I saw, I thought, ooh, I need a, I need a new coat. Wonder what I, I know I look good in light blue. And then I saw it on you and you said that you're tall and you are tall. Yeah, I'm six one. <laughs> I'm a little nugget. We would be like Barbie and Skipper together. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> we would be like Barbie and Skipper. <laughs> so I do this bit with with all the guests that come on the show, and we talk about their paint colors in their house. Do you know okay. any of your paint yes. colors in your home? I'm sitting. I'm sitting here with my Sherwin Williams deck next to me. Are you kidding? Yeah, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, Wayne and I had a like full conversation about it last night over dinner story, a disaster story. When we first moved here and we bought our house in Highland Village, um, it was like a typical Texas house. It had like huge double height ceilings um, and like the rooms that kind of flow into each other. So right. I chose a paint color for this giant area of our house. Um, that kind of was like three quarters of the house. It was essentially every room that wasn't a bedroom or the dining room because it just one room flowed into the other. And we were like newlyweds. And of course, like my husband had been in construction in England and knew a lot about painting and knew a lot about paint colors. And I chose this gold color, like sort of a Tuscan gold. And he was like, this is going to be too dark. It's, it's going to be too bright. It's going to be overpowering. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I have a, I have a, bachelor of fine arts like I know my paint colors <laughs> this is the right color and he's like okay are you sure how about I just do a small part I'm like no just go ahead get them to mix all of it we want it we want it done so god bless him he he listened to me and he painted the entire space I think it took him like a week um and it was horrible it was so horrible faith so ever since then, I have been very, like, very tepid with my color, my paint color choices. And pretty much I'm like, I tone it way down um, because I'm terrified of that happening again. And I know it happens to everybody and like lots of people repaint space. So, um, so yeah, I have, I have my little deck here of what we've got going in this house. And it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty not outrageous. You're like, it's pretty normal. I'm dying to know, though, what color you chose for your space that was so horrid. I I don't even know. I don't even know the name. I don't think it was the Sherwin-Williams color. But it was kind of, you know, like this was like the, the it was like 2004. So everybody was into like those Tuscan golds. And it was just too gold, too orangey <laughs> gold. It, it was not good. And your um, husband is used to like dark, muted, rich tones. I mean, there's lots of color in England and lots of neutrals and, you know, yeah, body he, to the colors. He just called it. He just looked at, I mean, he knew what I was going for, but he could tell that it, on that, <laughs> in that biggest space, it wasn't, it was going to be too overpowering. Well, don't ever pick paint colors again and I'll help you. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure you don't make that same mistake if you want to get a little outside of your comfort zone. Yes, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> Now, the other thing about being a builder's wife is that every house you build, you're like, okay, what is the person who's going to buy this going to like? So we have to think about that, too. Yeah, we can do that. That's easy. So, okay, so your colors in your paint home currently. 
Okay, so currently we have most all our trim is either alabaster or pure white. That's um, wonderful. Our, our kitchen is like all our cabinetry is is uh, I think the pure white, and then most of um, we use uh, in in the interior rooms it's all blue and white because that's just me. I just like blue and white. Um, so we used samovar silver. Um, we used let's see that's a really pretty color and it looks good with woods that have a red undertone to them like that mahogany or the cherry it looks good with those woods because it makes it look more blue i didn't think about that Mm -hmm. that's interesting though because we do have a lot of like our, our our floors are kind of like that um we use upward i really like that color a lot we use that in two different rooms um and Mild blue is my son's room, which is really pretty. Um, windy blue, I think we used somewhere. Our bathroom is icicle. It's kind of like there are a couple of, of the Sherwin-William cards that we we just kind of went off of those blues. And in, yeah. in, and they just all work together. So They're good blues. The ones you chose are good. I don't know mild blue. I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, it's really pretty. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's right above icy. Um, or on, or on my, on my color deck. And it is, it's like a lighter, it's just like a really, uh, sweet blue gray. And the outside of our house is also, um, it's, it's blue with like a darker blue, but I can't, I couldn't figure out what those colors were in time. Okay. So you were mentioning that you sew now you currently do, you, are you still sewing, but you just do the samples? Cause you obviously can't do the production anymore. You have to you have manufacturers to do that here locally in Dallas, Texas, but yeah, to communicate to the sewing room or your workroom, you, do you still develop the patterns and, and cut out the samples to, to show them? Yes. You're very involved in the process. There's, and you and I both know this because I've had a children's clothing line and I've had a hat company and I know, and you know this too, not everybody that designs can sew or draw and or be able to communicate any of those things and you do all of it yeah so um well and they're they're just parts of kind of like the development process that that couldn't happen if if I wasn't doing it you know like if I'd be like okay now I want you to put ears on this <laughs> can you it's put just, some triangle yeah. ears on that it's difficult so um so I have uh I so I any new style is going to start with a drawing. Um, so I make a really clear flat sketch of it um, to show where, like, to make sure all the proportions are correct and to show where the different style lines are, what the, um, where the seams are supposed to be. Um, and it's kind of like an informational drawing. It's, it's boring. Um, I have an amazing pattern maker in Dallas. Her name is Ellen. Um, she has been in this business probably for 30 or 40 years and I show her my drawing we talk about it I'll take her an old pattern if I have something that you know like I like the sleeve off of this coat or we want like the proportion on this Mm -hmm. and then she drafts a pattern a hard pattern because it's made on this it's called a hard pattern because it's made on this like heavy like uh, cream colored paper right she drafts the first pattern on that which is you know it's just she's she's it's like a test. So, so she does the pattern, then it's her best idea of what, what should look like. 
then I have that either I have the cutty the I have this the cutter make a sample cut for me which is just one piece of that pattern or a lot of times I'll just cut it myself um and so and then I assemble it and I'm making notes or making changes to what uh adding any extra elements like if it's going to have a ruffle or if it's going to have you know different things like on the willow heart coats where where the dogs are going to fit um, like how, what the spacing is going to be like. Um, and then I go back to Ellen with it and we put it on a dress form and we look at it and I'd say, can we move? I'd like the collar to be like this. Or she says, I don't like the way that armhole, that sleeve is hanging. We make little adjustments that way. And then hopefully at that point, the next sample will be like the one that is like the, okay, this is our first sample. This is like the, sometimes it, it goes more than that. And we have to do like two or three of them, but that's, that's kind of how it starts. Um, then there's a, a grading and marking service. Um, that's also really old. Those people have been doing it for like generations. Like they're, they learned it from their mamas. Like it's an old, old business and they, um, they take Ellen's hard pattern and they put it into the computer and then they grade it into all the different sizes. And so we had to establish like grade rules, like, okay, little good all clothes are going to fit this way. So every time we go from a size five to a size six, it's going to be three quarters of an inch longer or whatever. They apply those rules across all of our styles. And then, um, and then they also come up with a layout for it so that it fits as tightly as possible on the fabric and there's as little waste as possible. We started uh, at the end of end of 2019, beginning of 2020, um, I started working with some different manufacturers that were outside of, um, outside of the US. Um, in particular, I wanted to have some more, uh, I needed to have more complex embroideries done like the Willow Hart embroideries, which the first time we made them, we made them here and it took like, six hours to do like one pair of dogs on the embroidery <gasps> machines here oh no yeah so i started um i started reaching out to some different manufacturers um and the first ones were in india and then i found some in china that i felt really good about working with and that was a long process because i had to find manufacturers that were cool with working with us with small batches because we don't make like a thousand pieces of something we work in much smaller quantities and also that uh, would be approved by our the licensing of the companies that we license uh like world of eric carl and paddington from you have to the factories have to meet standards for that um so it took a long time but i found the ones that we're working with now so now it's still the same way when i design something the pattern is made here with the samples made here, the grading and marking is done here. And then that pattern gets shipped over to China um, or India or wherever it's being made. And then they, they go from there. So it's still kind of like a small studio situation where we're, we do all that in house. Um, like I'm working on all the, the samples, but, um, but there it's being made somewhere else. I'm so excited that you do what you do because I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to design hats and scarves and this was before, do you know pumpkin pie photography? It's local. Sounds familiar, but no, I don't think so. So back in the early, well, I guess it was mid 
2000s, they did three-dimensional knitted hats. That's what the photographer would like do all these elaborate photo sessions with her clients. Uh-huh. And But I was doing like three-dimensional animal hats way before that. So I was a flight attendant and I learned how to crochet on the airplane. Uh-huh. And I left a pattern at home. And so then I just had to recreate what I, from memory, like how to make a hat. And then my mom said, oh, it would be cute if you put a stem on it and you had like a little worm coming out of it. And I thought, oh, and I said, well, how do I do that? She goes, I don't know. You'll figure it out. So I did. And then that just lit a fire in me. And so, you know, I had a turkey hat and a lion hat and a dinosaur hat. You, all, everything you could think of, I did. And so anything I would create in my head, I would just manipulate the yarn to create that design. And everybody would tell me, oh, you need to, you know, you need to manufacture these. You need to do these. And my charm, the thing that I was passionate about at the time was that it was made with my own two hands and that I had a claim in it. And I didn't want it to be mass produced at the time. I didn't have those those big shoes to fill, but seeing your products and seeing how you do these three dimensional animal designs and things that are very playful and fairy tale. And once upon a time, it just, it's fun. It brings that magic back that you were talking about to get your kids to put clothes on. I think it's brilliant. I have so much respect and admiration for it because I have a glimmer of what you have to go through. I don't, I didn't, you know, I didn't go to design school. I can't sew. Well, I could sew, but I don't want to sew. I don't like, it's too much math for me. But you know what, it, what it's like to, you know, like, as you're trying to figure out, like, that's the, the fun part about it, trying to figure out how to make the, the, the fi- fiber or, or fabric mm-hmm. do what you see in your head. That, like, that's the fun part. That's so it's cool so- that you did that. Yes, I did it for over 10 years and my little hands just can't keep, can't keep up anymore. So, um, yeah, I haven't, you know, I'll play around with making something just to make something as a gift, but you know, I haven't made or sold anything in a very long time, but it was so much fun. I still have people request things from me. Do you have, did you make them for your daughter also? Do you have pieces saved that you had crocheted? Yeah, I do. I do have pieces saved that um, I crocheted, but I'm not very sentimental. Well, I guess I shouldn't say I'm not sentimental. I have very sentimental people in my life that, you know, make me save things because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I just, it's so much stuff, you know, over time, but yes, I do have my, I do have things saved that I've made. And then, you know, I designed children's clothes too. So the pieces that I designed, I've got my favorite saved. I don't have every single thing from every line because, you know, whether you went with a manufacturer and got samples and you didn't like how it turned out or you didn't like that manufacturer, I didn't save those sorts of things. But, um, yeah. So it's so nice to have somebody in my world that does something that's creative, like what you do. Yeah. Well, it's really cool that you used to design children's wear too. It's, it's not, it's not like a big thing. You meet, you meet a lot more people that design other things. It's just fun. So if you ever need a creativity buddy, just that you want to go meet for coffee sometime and you want to brainstorm or you want me to come out and see you and, and um, be your muse, I will totally be your muse. I will give you all my creative energy I can give you to like get you to that next level. Cause it's so much fun when you get to be around somebody that's equally as creative or more so, or their brain works a little bit differently and you can talk out those things. It's just fun. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I don't have any friends that are available (laughs) that have that. They, They have other talents and stuff they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it makes a, a lot of, a lot of difference when you have somebody you can bounce things off of and, and, and get time. excited about the same things. You do. Well, I'll be your creative buddy anytime you need. Okay, okay. So where can people buy your products? Is it just online or do you have an actual storefront here in McKinney and I haven't supported you yet? Cause I will come and support you. No, we have always been um, online only. Um, so at our website, which is littlegoodall.com. And then also still have an Etsy shop. Um, that was the way we started. And Etsy has been really phenomenal to me over the years. So um, so we still have an Etsy front, the Etsy storefront that's called Little Goodall. Um, and I've always really been focused on the design aspects of like, for me, the exciting thing is new products and what I'm working on now. Um, so I never wanted to deal with a retail environment where I had to, you know, be staffing it or yeah. making it, making it look good. So we put a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, energy into our photo shoots, trying to make sure that we have good pictures that people can see online and, and see what it looks like on kids different that are different ages. And so that's where, um, that's, that's like our little boutique. It dawned on me. There's lots of children that have sensory issues is, are you, do you have any, uh, I don't know what the word would be. Any interest, <laughs> I guess it's a simple word, any interest in pairing up with somebody um, to maybe put like an area in a pocket for a fidget toy or um, a crinkle thing? You know, is there, is there any room with little Goodall to do like an autism coat or, you know, something that would be more geared towards that? Or is that a completely different category? Like I've, I have a girlfriend that has that has two children with special needs. And this is something that she's really interested in, but she doesn't even know where to begin. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't have those things in her wheelhouse. And I've just been encouraging her. I'm like, you need to go pitch your idea to some people and see if they can pick it up. Yeah. Um, well we hadn't, it wasn't something that I did consciously, but, um, I do have a number of parents who bought from us for a long time, um, because their their uh, their sons really like the hoods on our coats, um, because like specifically the fox hood and the fawn hood, the little deer hood, um, because it's comforting and it kind of comes forward over their face a little bit, and so it, it's like they keep buying the coats in new sizes every year. And that's kind of how we end up with like some coats that we're making like up to size 14 now. Um, And so it it was an, it was an inadvertent thing, but it was the, both the pockets and then the, the hoods that, uh, that give them a a very, like a comforting feeling um, if they're going to go out in places that they might be uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's really interesting when you, I'm I'm always, I always like to hear about things like that because if I can build something into a design, I will. Um, Maybe I can just um, connect you and Linda sometime just to have lunch, uh, you know, one day, because maybe that would be good for both of you. Or you can tell her, like, okay, this is, this is a direction. This is out of my wheelhouse. This is some, you need to do a medical equipment company, not a children's clothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think she just needs, yeah, I think she just needs some guidance on that because I've given her a lot, but you know, when you're raising three children and two have special needs and then one is a, as a still toddler, you know, you have your hands full, but I, (laughs) but I did think about that, you know, kids with, with sensory issues, they not, if they're sensory seekers, they may love, love because you have so many details that they can caress or touch or tug on. And then that has that weighted, you know, on the hood, like you talked about, it was more form fitting and comforting. And a lot of times they need that snugness. Yes. Yeah. And it's so, it's so interesting because you just wouldn't, you wouldn't think about that normally. And it's, it's always like a cool thing when somebody finds you (laughs) and it's like, Hey, did you know this thing that you made? It it actually really helps us in this way that you hadn't even thought of. Oh, Um, that's so nice. It is really cool. Yeah. I'd love to talk. I mean, she might be able to come up with, you know, a few little added details that you would be able to be more help, you know, help with that realm. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned the crinkle and I'm like, that is such a no brainer. Like babies love like, like toddlers and babies love that, that, that crinkle stuff that they put in babies things. Why haven't I thought about putting that in the, in like the dinosaur tails? It would be so easy. And that's just like an extra added thing there. Yeah, if you have, (laughs) you're welcome. Well, if you have like in, in the pockets, like if there's oversized pockets, but let's say there's a little loop on it and where moms can loop, you know, hook on different sensory objects on there so they don't get lost. They don't drop out. Oh, that's a great idea. So yes, we need to collaborate. I'll, I'll just give you all these wonderful ideas. That is, yeah, I, I, that's very exciting. I'd love to talk more about that. Oh my goodness. Do you have a pacifier holder that I don't know about yet? No. Tell me about that. I don't know. We'll I mean, have just to like, a, like a clip on thing. See, I'm also always trying to think about what will work for Allie's stuff. Like, because we can put those dogs on anything like, Oh my gosh. But it's like trying to figure out what is going to be appealing to like, like the, you know, what people want. Um, right, because you have a brand and a demographic and shoppers that specifically buy your items. Yes. I think yeah. a pacifier holder would be cute because it could clip on to anything that you have. Mm-hmm. And it would be like a little add-on. That would be really cute. Yeah. I'm so excited that I got to spend some time with you today. I know your time is a very precious and you're extremely busy. Is there anything coming up that you want to share with us or, you know, let me know about? Oh, um, well, thank you for your time. This has been really fun. And I don't get to talk to like, talk to somebody like an adult for long periods of time. Usually I'm like running in and out of sewing rooms or like, you know, talking to my 14 year old. Um, but I'd say we've got some, we have some really exciting product or projects coming up this year. I can't like, uh, discuss them yet, but yeah, but there's more, there, there's, uh, just keep, if, if people are interested, keep your eye out on our socials, um, on little, we're little good all on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest everywhere. And, um, and also, um, if, if people are on our email list, they always get the, uh, they get the, the hot news on stuff first and the new product releases too. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's it. I'm just excited that you did stuff with Eric Carl and then you did a Paddington bear, which is such a classic. Yeah, I love that. That's a classic. I mean, Good Night Moon would be my next wish. I would love to do Good Night Moon. I'll have to see who has that property. Um, 
is cute. Uh, girl, you need to come over to my playroom. Have you seen pictures of, or videos of my playroom yet? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm going to inspire you. Okay. It is vintage toys, Fisher Price, Play School, everything. Oh my like, gosh, I grew up with those. I love them. Yes, I'll come. You come over, and I'll I'll get you lit and or um, fed or something. We'll feed we'll feed your soul however it needs, and then you can play with the toy. <laughs> that sounds great. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> my daughter's an artist, so we'll have to get out all the sketch stuff for you. And, How and old is she now? She is eleven. Eleven. And she's okay. obsessed with animals. She right now she's currently on to uh, foxes and wolves. And so she's, yeah, she's passionate about that stuff and she loves drawing. That's so cool. I love her name too. Thank um, you. That's like a it, sailor is a family name in our family. And so I'd always thought if I had a girl, I would oh. name her that, but I never met anyone with a girl named that. So it was really cool. Oh, I love that. That I love the name. I love the name sailor. And the funny story is about that. We were on our honeymoon and we were, I was going over all the baby names because I thought if my husband is relaxed and he's had a few cocktails, I can like slip in some names <laughs> of babies, you know? And so he was in a great mood. And so I just went through the whole list and he was no, 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 no. I went through the, the classic names and then the elaborate names, all the things. And then I got to Sailor and he goes, oh, I like that. And I go, really? I just threw that out there because I love the name. Yeah. But I thought, oh, it's a little weird. Maybe he's not going to like it. He totally went for it. And I was like, done. This baby is sailor. <laughs> and then I gave her a classic middle name. So then if she, and she wants to go by Kate right now. So we're humoring her. But yeah, no, but mental note to anybody listening, don't get pregnant before your wedding because on your honeymoon, you will feel terrible. Oh, no. Oh. Yes. I, I was so sick. Oh. I did not enjoy the honeymoon at all. It was so sad. Then you have to, you, you get to have a do-over one. Yes. That, yeah, I do. You're right. Yeah. And you should, you should call in that favor anytime now. <laughs> another dress, another ring, another yeah. wedding, yeah. <laughs> another beach trip. Yes. Okay. So you have my number. So anytime yes. you need me, you holler at me and I, girl, I'll drive out there. Okay. It's not, you're not that far. Okay, well, we should definitely get together. I'd love to have lunch, and then we'll get you over here when um, I'll let you know when we're having that estate sale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything I can do to support you, let me know. And I'm really excited to have gotten this time with you. Yeah, it's it's been great, and it's very. Um, I I mean, I'm like always heads down, like working so much, and so much of my business is online that it's really cool to connect with somebody who is like you are also online. Like I enjoy your Instagram every day, but like oh. I can actually meet her in person. So yeah, that's very cool. So we'll definitely yes. get together. Yes, we will. Don't forget to follow Molly on Instagram, little Goodall, And her website is littlegoodall.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Faith. Till next time.